Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of the Path to Podcast Success. I am here with a guest I am excited about, Gabriel Kazan. Gabriel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Wonderful to be here with you. So I'd like to start off in the same place with everybody, and that is by asking, for for those who are listening that are, you know, that may not know who you are, I like to get everybody on the same page. So tell us, who are you and what do you do? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, there's so many ways I could answer that. Um, and uh, even, even in that, um, there's, there's changes underway. Um, so I'm the founder of a, of, a, of a coaching pathway for men called the Live on Purpose. And that's also the title of the book that I'm launching next month, uh, Alive on Purpose unclench from fear and step into your power, backbone, heart, and balls. Um, I've been in the men's coaching space for two years, and I really came into it uh, as out of necessity because I'd, I've been a therapist for five or six years, focused a lot on men, personal growth. And what I notice is a lot of men will come into therapy and they'll dip their feet into the water. They'll just dip their feet into the pain points or frustrations, whatever brought them there, but they won't get all in. They won't dive in the deep end um, right. unless they're challenged, unless they're pushed, unless they're, uh, you know, motivated um, for that growth and that, that transformation. So that's why I emerged and expanded into the coaching space and uh, began to bring all those tools out of the therapy room and, and put them in service of a, of a bigger transformation um, and just standing up and challenging men, you know, to get to get all in and quit lying to yourself so you can lead your life with your gift. Right. So therapy, you were doing that then for years and then you realize or, you know, at least your experience, it hadn't been helping men on the deep level that you wanted it to. So you That's expanded right. into coaching using those tools to help men, you know, live, you know, be the leaders of their own life, like you said. Do you do is it individual coaching then? Well, I've, I've been um, groups. I've done a lot of groups um, with a variety of pain points. And for three years, I ran a, a circle of men locally uh, with the men in my area. Um, and really, that was like my training, just getting all in on the, what happens in a men's group and all the patterns of behavior uh, that happen in that kind of container, because um, some of it is empowering. And, and in other ways, it can just kind of keep people stuck. Um, right. there's, a, there's, all, there's like a joke, not a joke, but a kind of a, a truism inside of, inside of personal growth spaces that uh, support groups are wonderful. 
they can support people in certain frustrating situations, but the danger of a support group is it can also keep people stuck so that they're, uh, they reify that victim story of like, oh yeah, this is where I'm stuck. Um, so I, I moved out of the, the um, generic men's uh, group facilitation into the real specific transformation of awakening that fire inside of men to, to get all in on their life, relationships, career, you know, and health, all, all of it, holistic, right. just waking that warrior. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. So you were a therapist for five years, you said, right? And I've been a coach for two. What do you see is the primary difference between therapy and coaching? Because they're both, I know they're both kind of similar, right? I'd say they're in the same kind of field. So what, yeah. how would you, what would you say about like the difference between them? Great question. I love that question. Um, I mean, the, the kind of go-to answer is that therapy tends towards uh, being uh, focused on the trouble and the challenge uh, that someone's in. And it may tend towards looking at the past, looking at where the, the roots of the problem are. Um, and we have this saying, I work somatically. So I work from an embodied practice in, in, in however, whichever modality I'm in. But the, 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 the trauma doesn't live. The trauma is not something that happened to us. The trauma is what is in the nervous system in the here and now. So we can't change the past, but we can change the here and now. So therapy is about the past and the here and now. Um, coaching is more about forward movement. And it actually starts with desire. It starts with where do I want to go? And the tools are similar because we can obviously con confront the same obstacles. But coaching is going to use the, the same tools of looking at what's in the past or what's in the nervous system. Where's the fear in the body? Where are the blocks? Where's the unconscious you know, self-sabotage and coaching is going to help you blast through that because it starts with asking you, what do you want? And where do you want to go? So the road is laid out and it's, it's about that growth and expansion into possibility. Um, yeah. And just having that uh, layer of, of someone who's got your back so that you can, you know, stay on track, even when things get, get confusing. I'm kind of curious then, because this is always something that's interested me. I've done some coaching as well myself in the past, both been coached by and coached others. Um, and I also, therapy is also something that that's interested me throughout my entire life, really. I always like to think if I, in a different reality, if I was going to get a real job instead of being, you know, an entrepreneur, um, I would do therapy, I would be a therapist. I've always thought that was, that was interesting. Do you, like... Do you feel like they both help people in different ways or would you like, would you say you prefer coaching to therapy? Oh, they absolutely help people in different ways. And I, I mean, I prefer coaching now because that's what's right for me now, but I love the therapeutic space too. Um, and ultimately they're both about alchemy because they're both about containment and release about creating a container, showing up in that container with presence and just allowing transformation to happen. So they're very, very similar. Um, yeah, and, and I think that uh, 
you know, there's as many different kinds of therapists as there are coaches at at the end of the day. um, While the field is regulated, um, the, the sort of scary piece of, of therapy is that a lot of the times uh, therapists aren't required to do their own therapy in order to be in practice. Um, A lot of current master program masters programs don't require that. So you'll, you'll, you'll encounter someone who's got all the theory, but have they been through hell? Like, have they been Mm -hmm. through the trenches themselves, you know, in the, in the mud and the the guts of being human and the the pain of that. Um, And so while, while coaching is unregulated and it's the wild west and there's, you know, I'm sure there's, there's uh, just as much danger in that. Um, It's all just about aligning with, the right helper and getting getting what you want out of it and knowing knowing which modality because yeah they are very similar and there's overlap because they're both about soul work and expansion and healing and transformation Mm -hmm. so why did you focus specifically on men because you you focus on that it sounds like through both when you worked in therapy and then now in coaching as well so i'm kind of curious what made you what made you feel called to to work with uh, men in the way that you do? Uh, great question. Um, it, it was more of an inner knowing, um, and and maybe it, it dovetails into my own story of uh, of crisis. When I was eighteen, I spent a month in a psych ward. I'm forty three now, um, and that experience uh really marked me it was like an ordeal um and now uh i mean at the time it was referred to as a psychotic episode uh but now i look back on it and frame it as actually a um, a misfire of a spiritual emergence of me on my quest to know who i am and what i'm here for um and that the culture the over culture uh doesn't really have those uh, spaces for young men to go through the, those initiations of, of getting on that quest of living in truth and, and, and facing those dragons. So I ended up uh, in that situation. And, and years later, when I got um, into my therapy training, what I noticed was everyone in my program was a woman. I think there was 25 in my cohort and I was the only man in the cohort and all my instructors were women. But I knew on a, on a bone memory level, like in my cells and in my guts, that my calling was to work with boys and to work with men. Um, because I actually uh, see healing, all healing as self-healing. Um, I don't heal anyone, but I can share what I know about my own uh, personal healing and the art and craft of transformation in relationship. And then I can set up containers so that people can work on healing themselves. Um, so on some level, there's a primal place in me that also knows that we heal better as a people. We heal better um, uh, together. Um, and I can relate with the male mode of feeling and the unique vibration uh, and frequency that the male body vibrates at, which is qualitatively different than women. So I, I was a... I was a a thorn in my instructor's sides in my therapy training. It was an art therapy program because I butt heads with them right away by requesting male supervision. I said, I want a male supervisor because I, 
I want somebody who has the embodied experience of being a son, a brother, a, a father, you know, because these are the roles that I, I'm here to help people with. Because in truth, those are the roles I'm in. So I can best serve. I mean, I, I work with women too, and I work with couples. Um, and in the times I've been an art therapist, I've worked with a lot of youth. Um, but I, I just had a knowing. I'm like, I also see that in this time, uh, the best way that I can make an impact in the world is by serving men. Because when men get that transformation from whatever crisis that they're in, and we, we can see right now that men are in a massive crisis, the crisis of masculinity, uh, that, that that affects everything. That affects the culture at large. It affects their families, their, their, their children. Um, so it's, it's just a calling and, and it may be, maybe, I mean, I'm, my ancestry is Hungarian. And then I sometimes wonder, even though I've always been growing up in Canada and lived in Canada, that there's something about that too, that, that really uh, in my, my grandfather's culture, there was a lot more of a delineation between men and women um, in the old world. And that, that somehow has been lost. So I'm here to reclaim that and inspire that, uh, that quality of, of just men emerging uh, onto the sacred ground of what it means to be a, a man, a warrior, a king, a lover, all of those aspects, um, and, and really just celebrate unapologetically what it means to be a man. Right. I've found that oftentimes people help other people with something that they most, most need help with themselves, right? Is that kind of something that, that really influenced your your progression as well absolutely uh, my my yoga teacher uh who i who's actually a my teacher trainer she said that too she said what you just said she said uh we we teach what we need to learn the most <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny and how that works yeah and and also that's a path of mastery it's like if you want to master something teach it oh, yeah. you want to you know and it's also i think in uh they call it in, um, in the different medicine circles that I've been in, deer medicine. If you, if you want something, offer it to someone. And then somehow that, that makes that go around. Um, if I want courage, I should encourage others, you know? And, um, and then it, it, it creates a good karmic kind of success when that you just yeah. give what you got, give what you got to give, because also there's a lot of pain in the world. And, People need an uplift. People need a reminder. The two biggest uh, troubles, one of my mentors likes to say, of this time we live in, is going numb and forgetting. Just forgetting who we are and then numbing out, like escape into whatever, like substances or social media or whatever habit patterns of um, avoiding feeling the trouble. We need to feel the trouble, the right kind of trouble that we're in and then um, get pressed into, into a, a, who we're meant to be and that, that calling within. Yeah, no, that's true. That, that's, that's very interesting. <laughs> um, so one thing that we talked about as well before we jumped on the podcast is that you are going to start a podcast sometime soon, which is, which is exciting. And that's what, you know, that's what prompted me to start this podcast is the conversation around that. So you were a therapist for five years. You've been a coach for two. What prompted you to now at this stage, start a podcast and add that to, to what you're doing? 
Um, you know, I think it all comes back to voice. Uh, I heard this great quote yesterday. Uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson. And he said that if you've got something to say, uh, silence becomes a lie. And um, that's how it is for me. I've walked a path of silence for a long time. Um, and then uh, I, that path is now intersected with the road of voice. And uh, so I wrote a book, Alive on Purpose. I, I mentioned it. And in the process of writing that, I felt the tension between the written word and the spoken word, because I'm much more naturally a speaker than uh, what happens when we write is the quality of what we're saying transforms into the written and it it loses some of its vitality at least in my experience so i realized that the whole point of writing the book was also to give myself a voice um, and open my own voice so it's been a what i like to call sword work uh, in the men's uh, transformational space the sword being your midline right from your balls backbone and heart it's also the voice in the old uh, interpretation of the sword. It's a man's word because he's only as good as his word. And it's through his word, he, he shapes the world. So the word right. literally becomes your sword. Your voice is your sword. So for me, it's just about picking up the sword and leading from the front and getting visible and saying, hey, I see the crisis we're in and I'm, 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 I'm here to put my shoulder to the wheel of the world who's in, let's do this and let's transform the lives of men as leaders, as providers and as warriors. That is an incredible motivation to start a podcast. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, and then another thing about the, the book writing is that as I write, I'm, I'm engaging with all sorts of thoughts of others. And some of them right. are ancient, like, like I'll, I'll engage with William Blake. I'll, I'll write about what he said or, Robert Bly, the great poet um, from the mythopoetic men's space, or, or modern, you know, Gabor Mate, you know, people who are writing today. Um, and then I realized that actually a podcast is almost like a living conversation with voices today that are contributing to this ongoing conversation of the world. So podcast is like taking a book and just making it alive and making the conversations that would be in the book something that are pulsing and you know you can feel them you can feel the words hit your heart and you're like yeah and you, you hear someone's truth or their vulnerability and and it moves you and so i i love i love the podcasting space it's so um powerful that's incredible that is yeah that's same reason why i do it you know what i mean it's a living conversation that is a very very good way to put it so as we begin to kind of wind down the episode, there's a question I'd like to ask, and I think you're going to provide an interesting perspective on this question. Usually I ask, when you first started your podcast, what was your biggest fear about podcasting and did it come true? But you're starting your podcast right now, so I'll ask you in the present tense, what is your biggest fear about podcasting and do you really think it's going to come true? Um, it's funny. Great question. Some, it's, it's, you know, sometimes just um, the biggest fears are so silly, uh, like just being seen can be a fear, you know, being heard. I mean, that's what we, that's what we do in therapy is we listen and we look, we hunt for those parts of somebody that are 
afraid to be shown, right? That they're like, no, I'm going to hide and put on this mask. Um, so sometimes, you know, the scariest thing can be just getting out the door, you know, getting seen, getting visible. Because also when you stick your neck out and you say what's, what's true for you, you immediately uh, are, you know, are at risk of tall poppy syndrome. Like you shine too brightly, someone's going to chop you down. Um, so there's a fear of that. Um, but I had a, a, a mentor who also wrote a, a book recently um, share a powerful story about that. He said after he published his book, he started to get hate mail. Um, just because of the controversial things he was saying or whatever, his success, maybe envy and jealousy. And, and it really affected him and he was, he was hurt by it. And so one of his mentors told him, you know what, that's just the cost of growth. The cost of expansion is that people are going to fire their arrows at you. So from now on, um, you're uh, redefining success by, by seeing all those arrows that you get in the back as signs of success rather than taking them to heart. Um, and so I love that story of just like being on the mission because when we talk about men and empowerment, um, it ruffles a lot of feathers because uh, for obvious reasons, there's lots about it. So some of my fears are also just being too polarizing or controversial because I know that I have a lot of radical ideas and my leanings are, are very radical. Um, but the more I go down my path, it, it, I realize that um, I actually just need to be the weird, um, radical-minded, uh, freedom-provoking um, troublemaker that I am, um, because that's actually going to attract to me the other people who are that way and say, hey, I'm with you. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this helps helps alleviate any of your fears at all, but I've done over 60 episodes of, of this podcast. I don't know how many exact number, but it's I've done I've done a pretty solid amount of episodes for the show. I think I'm coming up on seventy episodes, and I ask everyone that question, right? What was your biggest fear? And oftentimes, it's just a retelling of there's one, two, or three fears, common fears that are recycled among pretty much everyone that starts a podcast, and being heard and being seen, and the fear surrounding that, right? And people reacting negatively is a very, very common fear. And I have not met a single person who, when I ask the follow-up question of, did that fear come true? I've never met anyone who said, yes, it did, right? I've not met, I have not met a single person who actually had negative backlash to starting a podcast, right? And, and negative feedback and people, people, you know, not resonating with their message. The people who resonate with messenger are going to listen to you and the people that don't won't, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, that's what I always tell people with podcasting. There is one phrase that in my opinion describes it perfectly. And that is when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, the best time was 20 years ago, but the second best time is now. Right. And so just do it. And it's exciting that you are in that process right now. You're doing it. And, and so hopefully that can serve as an inspiration to others as well. Um, so Dwight, or uh, for Gabriel, I'm sorry. Gabriel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And for those people who are interested in you and in what you do, where can they find out more about you? Um, 
they could search me on Facebook. I'm active on that platform pretty regularly. Um, and my last name is spelt uh, K-E-C-Z-A-N. Well, I know um, that's how uh, the Canadian pronunciation of Z, Z, we say Z, you guys say Z, I think usually. So it's, it looks like Kexan, but I say Kazan, um, K-E-C-Z-A-N. And um, yeah, Facebook uh, is probably the best way or, or um, I'm, I'm growing a, a movement in the, uh, in the Instagram space too. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to get connected. Um, and thank you, Evan, for having me. And it's just so uh, heartening to hear your encouragement and your experience. And congratulations on, on all the podcasting. Like, wow, 60 plus episodes. That's, uh, that's an accomplishment. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, it's always, it's always really important to lift each other up. And, you know, yeah, it's, just, it's important. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I appreciate the kind words. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.